Our second reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. So listen now to God's word for us. Just then, a religious scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? And Jesus answered, well, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? The scholar said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you shall live. But looking for a loophole, the scholar asked Jesus, and just how would you define neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story. There once was a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the way he was attacked by robbers. And they took his clothes, they beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled himself across to the other side. Then a Levite, a religious man, showed up, and he too avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him, and when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. And he gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds, and then he lifted him onto his donkey and led him to an inn and made him comfortable. In the morning, the Samaritan took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If any costs more, put it on my bill, and I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religious scholar responded. Jesus said, go and do the same. Let us pray. Almighty God, as your scripture has been read and as it is proclaimed, may it speak to our lives. May it open our hearts. May it open our eyes. May it allow our hands to do the work that you call us to do. And may it call our feet to go to the places where you call us to tread. And we ask that your spirit be with us, reminding us that you are with us every step of the way. We ask all these things in your most holy name. Amen. When the religious scholar asked Jesus, what do I need to do to get eternal life? I'm sure that this scholar wasn't expecting Jesus' reply. I bet that the scholar was hoping that Jesus would say something like, you need to believe X or you need to believe Y and Z, but Jesus doesn't offer any of those replies. Instead, what Jesus does is tell a story, a parable, about a man who had been beaten up on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho by thugs and was saved by a Samaritan traveler. And like the religious scholar, we too come to Jesus with questions. Sometimes because we are curious, 
And sometimes we want to try and make a point, a point not always for the right reason. But the truth remains that Jesus will always find a way to turn our expectations around and challenge us to see the world differently. This ever-evolving view of the world, of ourselves, and of our faith is even made richer when we understand the significance of the characters we find in this morning's parable told by Jesus. We first meet the traveler who was on their way from Jerusalem when they were targeted by a group of robbers who leave the traveler hanging on for dear life. As readers, we would assume, and as listeners of Jesus, they would assume that the priest and the Levite would have stopped to help this poor traveler. But they were both more concerned about their own purity, their own cleanliness, and so they do the opposite of what we would expect, which was to go out of their way to make a connection with this traveler. And at this point, things don't look well for the person who is beaten up until a Samaritan shows out and pours out their love for one who is on the brink of death. I think for us as modern readers, we may be wondering at this point why it was so significant for a Samaritan to help the person who was in dire trouble. And the truth is, is that at the time, Jews and Samaritans didn't get along with one another. Some might say that they even had a deadly hatred for one another. But despite all of that, despite all of their preconceived notions, the Samaritan breaks the mold and takes the Jewish traveler under their care and makes sure that they get back to good health. The question for us is if we would be willing to do something like that for a stranger we had never met, let alone for someone who didn't fit into the social molds we have crafted for ourselves. Because it isn't by faith alone by which we are saved or by which we are known to be followers of Christ, but it is by how we live and more importantly how our faith dictates how we live our lives. Of course, what we believe is important, but if those core beliefs don't produce any visible fruit, don't provide a moral compass that feeds ourselves and others, then we have to ask what we're doing with ourselves. Our faith, our lives are meant to be more than the sum of their individual parts. The challenge for us is how do we live lives that are balanced? Lives that reflect growth within ourselves and lives that push us to care for those who really are our neighbors. It's important that we wrestle with these questions, these questions that involve our faith and how we live our lives, because if we aren't careful, if we aren't careful, we will discover that our once beautiful day in the neighborhood is actually a day in a neighborhood with closed doors and hardened hearts. And as you probably know, there's enough cynicism, there's enough skepticism. And so we find that we're faced with a dilemma of whether or not we are willing to let the love of Christ do its thing, 
so that our communities may once again be made a reflection of what God has intended for us. But living in that kind of community requires sacrifice. And we all know that sacrificing things of our own doesn't necessarily come easy to us. It's not something that's easy for us to embrace. On most days, we might think we're like the Samaritan, but in reality, we might find that we can relate more to the Levite and the priest. Do you know why the priest and the Levite left the man who, robbed, who was robbed and on the side of the road and left for dead? Do you know why they couldn't even spare one minute for someone who was clinging on to their life by a narrow thread? It's because both the Levite and the priest were so concerned about their own well-being, both spiritual and physical, that they didn't want to sully themselves with the blood of another human being. And while it may be hard to accept, the truth of the matter is that we ourselves have occasionally placed our own purity, our own status with God, over the well-being of others as well. But as we know in the story, this wasn't the case for the Good Samaritan. If this is all starting to sound familiar, it should, because it's a story that follows one that we all know, or are at least familiar with, and that is the story of the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus didn't care about whether or not people were clean or unclean. Jesus didn't care about whether or not they had mastered all aspects of theology or religion, because what mattered most to Jesus was the fact that each and all of us are beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Now, Jesus did some things that we might not be able to do, such as walk on water, which I would love to have that ability. I would love to also have the ability to multiply, uh, multiply fishes and loaves of bread, but as we're reminded in this reading from Deuteronomy as well, this act of loving is something that is not out of our grasps. It is not out of reach. And it plays such a vital role in how we cultivate our spirits in relationship to God's will. I mentioned something before that might have evoked a, a fond memory and that was the phrase, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a phrase that comes from the beloved program, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Fun fact, Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian minister. And it's a program that had impacted millions of youth and adults. But there's a question there that lies at the heart of the message for today that comes from his program. And that is the question won't you be my neighbor? It's a core question. It's a core question because it's one that ultimately shapes the world we live in. It's a question that saves people, saves faith, and ushers in peace, true peace, shalom, if we are willing to be the ones who treat others and everyone we meet like a neighbor. You know, this past week I spent uh, at a place called Johnsonburg Camp and Retreat Center, and it's a place that's special to me because it's always felt like a sacred place. 
where you can be who you truly are in a place where you can forget about the world for a while and just enjoy the time you have with friends. But what I most enjoy about the time I spend there is seeing how kids and youth interact and encourage one another. And I emphasize encourage and care because for some of these kids who come to camp, it's the first time they've been away from home. For others, it's the first time they've been told they can be who they really are. And for others, it might be the first time where they are treated with respect and kindness. And what makes it all the more special, for me at least, is seeing how kids and youth model these things. How they model it in their cabin groups or in their units. And that they don't only have fun together, but that they care for one another as well. So my challenge for all of us would be to embrace a childlike sense of love and care for those who are around us. We might have gotten bogged down by our doubts about others and our cynicism, but when we love and when we care for our neighbors, we'll find that we'll feel good. We'll feel good not only because we know we've done something that is good, but because we will know that we have grown in faith and body as well. A neighbor isn't just the person who lives next door, but it's the person who also lives down the street. It's the person who lives in the next state over, and it's the person who lives in a different country as well. And when we care for our neighbors, our hearts will find that they are full, that they are full and overflowing with love and encouragement on the days when they are in need of healing and rest. So won't you be somebody's neighbor today? Go out and live like the Good Samaritan, not just because you know it's the right thing to do, but because it's what our faith commands. Jesus didn't tell the religious scholar that they know that they only had to know what was the right thing to do, but they had to put that knowledge into practice as well. And today we are given a reminder about our faith and the role it plays in our daily lives. So when we hear Jesus asking us, what do you think? Which of these three became a neighbor to the man who was attacked by robbers? May we too then be like the religious scholar who said, the one who treated him kindly. And then afterwards, may we take those words to heart, the words that Jesus said, go and do the same. In our doing the same, we will truly find that it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Amen.